0: Where on earth is 2018 going? It's the last week of September already. And welcome, without further ado, to the latest Full Throttle podcast, the Bikes Racing podcast here at Eurosport. I'm Greg Haynes, but we're going to get straight into the thick of the action because we've got Shaky Burn on the line to talk about the glorious Jake Dixon double from Alton Park BSB last weekend. We'll look ahead to Aston BSB and, of course, MagniCore World Superbikes, where Jonathan Ray will very likely pick up a fourth world title and equal the great Carl Fogarty, thus becoming the most successful world superbike rider of all time because Ray already has the overall record for race wins. So, shaky burn on the line. Let's see what he's got to say. To so, shaky, it seems like Jake Dixon can win at a circuit. That's not knock hill does not it?
1: Yeah, and I think to be honest, Greg, that was something that was really, really important for him. Um, you know, it, he's won three races, I think, hasn't me or two or three races at Knockhill, um, and everybody was like, "Yeah, yeah," but you know, you need to win somewhere other than Knockhill, and to uh, to do that a track like Autumn Park, which is, you know, quite different. Um, I guess you could say, in some ways similar, but in some ways quite different to uh, to Knock Hill, is it, good for him. You know, the kid's been riding well and he's been on the podium an awful lot he's been very very consistent of late and uh, you know it seems he's brought his uh, his championship charge to you know to the fore at, at Alton Park last weekend
0: and it's obviously closed things up with Leon Haslam now hasn't it but he was at the back of the grid you couldn't really have scripted it much better could you Leon Haslam at the back he comes fighting through I guess it was some good practice for World Superbikes next year though with the reverse grid thing
1: yeah I mean listen You know, in in some ways you could look at it that Leon was very unlucky, um, but in some ways you could look at it that he was amazingly lucky because, you know, had that engine failure have happened, you know, one day later, then it was 25 points. It would have robbed him of, as it turns out. He started from the back of the grid and and ended up with 16 anyway, so, you know… the, the difficult thing about, about the showdown, to be honest, is that for everybody outside of racing, and I mean everybody, you know, for the media, for the press, for the fans, for the TV viewers, you know, for everybody, the showdown is a pretty cool idea because, you know, it brings everything, you know, to the fore for the last three rounds, if you like, but for anybody that's actually involved in, in motorcycle racing and is in the showdown itself, it's like the most stressful, you know, difficult period of time that you could ever possibly imagine. I mean, I I almost don't know what to do with myself at the minute. Not being in it, I'm sleeping and everything. You know, the amount of sleepless nights nice <laughs> I've had in years of the showdown, it's, uh, yeah, people people never understand just how much this uh, this championship means to you and, you know, you'll wake up at whatever time in the middle of the night and then all of a sudden you're thinking, yeah, but what, what if a, a chain link snaps or what if a fuse pops or what if an engine lets go or what if, what if we have inclement conditions and uh, you know somebody tries to be brave and, and wipes me out and costs me twenty five points? You know, there's so many parameters that can go wrong in the showdown that the pressure it puts, not only the riders but the teams and everybody else around it, under is, is just immense.
0: Is it really like that then? Because obviously, I know people say it's a bit of a cliche that oh, I wake up in the middle of the night and so on. But it sounds as though it actually does happen because you're not the only person I've heard saying that. It sounds like it really, really does get to people.
1: Well, you know, I've been been in the showdown every year that I've been back in in BSB. You know, it's worked for me a few times. It's worked against me a couple of times. Um, But honestly, you know, hand on heart, you ask Petra, I'm, I'm probably a much nicer person to live with right now than I am generally at this time of year because you know, winning British Superbike Championships and and races means the world to me. But you spend nine rounds of the the championships kind of building up these uh, podium points or whatever to supposedly make your life a little bit easier. But ultimately, you know, as Leon found out yesterday, you know, uh, sorry, on... Saturday wasn't it when his engine let go? If yeah. that had happened on Sunday, that would have been him twenty-five points down. Then all of a sudden, the thirty odd point, or thirty-six points, I think it is now, or something like that, yeah. or thirty-one points. Sorry, uh, would have been down to six. Um, and then all of a sudden, things become really, really dramatic. You know, so yeah, I I don't believe there's there's well, if there's a rider out there at the moment that's in the showdown and isn't having sleepless nights and isn't going through all them permutations in their head, then they clearly don't want it bad enough, in my opinion.
0: Mm. Well, I was going to say now, what's Josh Brooks going to be thinking because he's seventy-four points behind Leon Haslam now, so he's going to have to win three races with Leon not even scoring just to be ahead of him by one point. That it's not impossible. That ain't going to be easy now, is it?
1: No, that's not going to happen. And, and that's not me being you know anti Josh Brooks. That's me being a being a realist. You know, um, Leon at the moment to me um, looks like he's really really thinking about it this year. Um, his body language after race two on Sunday actually said to me that those those defeats bothered him. Um mm-hmm. you know, whether they bothered him because he was a little bit too cautious in the beginning of race two or whether they bothered him because he actually got beaten at a track that he, you know, has a really, really good record at, I don't know. But uh he was bothered. Um you know I've said for a few rounds now the only way anybody's gonna beat the Alaslam in this championship is by finishing in front of him in races. And I said, as soon as you start finishing in front of him in races and putting him under pressure, he'll start to make some some small mistakes. And sure enough, on the last last lap, or I think it was the last lap running into his lap chicane, you'll probably notice that, you know, he tried so, so hard to to make the difference to catch up to Jake that ended up running in a bit deep and, and sort of cost himself the race win by, you know, ultimately outbreaking himself a tiny bit into, into hisy. So, you know... Jake's done what he needs to do. Um, it's still a tall order. However, you know, Jake has five races um, left to, you know, to, to kind of close the gap that I claimed over, over, you know, two races in effect. So, yeah. he's uh, he's got it all to play for. Um, Aston's obviously going to be tricky. It always is. Leon has a lot of experience there. Um, but, you know, Jake's riding well. Let's take nothing away from him. And there's going to be plenty of other riders that have seen nothing other than P45 on the pit bull for the last few, or few rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I need a job next year. Um, I need to get my finger out. And it's amazing what happens when the end of the year comes. All of a sudden, guys can do it again. And, uh, yeah, that throws all sorts of uh, permutations in the mix.
0: Well, yeah, I don't know whether it's unfair of me to bring Tommy Bridewell into the equation at this point, but... They were certainly some unsurprising, some surprising results, unexpected results, is what I wanted to say. Second and a third on the Motor Rapido Ducati. He did say when he started riding it that it's the best bike he's ever ridden. But even so, is it fair to say that we didn't expect Tommy Bridewell on the podium?
1: Well, um, Tommy Bridal's had a really, really rough time of it of late, hasn't he? You know, yeah, he, uh, yeah. he started the start the year with uh, you know an awesome Suzuki, and then. Ended up getting a sack and wasn't really too sure. I don't think why that happened. Mm. Um, you know, as a rider, obviously that's going to knock your confidence a little bit. And you know, Tommy's definitely one of those guys that that, that thrives on confidence. You know, um, you know, there's a lot of guys in the paddock. You know, Tommy believes a lot in himself and you know believes a lot in the reason that he goes racing for and. You know, sometimes you you need a bit of a cuddle. You need that feeling that's going to make you feel like you're wanted, and you know you're doing a good job. And you know, certainly turning uh, Alton Park around with two podiums won't done his uh, his confidence any harm whatsoever. You know, the um, the Ducati works very well in uh, in Assen and and indeed at Brands Hatch as well. So Tommy's one of those guys that's out there and he's looking to uh, you know to secure a future for for next season and like I said, finishing on the podium twice at Orton Park, have done those, uh, those aspirations anyhow,
0: whatsoever. Yeah, brilliant, wasn't it? And obviously we've talked about the top three who are already in the showdown. As for Irwin, now, he's joined on points with Josh Brooks, that's 74 behind. Brad Ray's even further behind. Peter Hickman, it's you have to think it's just not going to happen now, do you? Because that's a long, long way back. I suppose it does show that even though the showdown does close it up, you still do need to be consistent across the main season. Because if you drop too many points, it's gone, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean... You know, I think last year was the one of the first seasons actually that um, had the championship of not been a showdown. It would have been closer than it actually was going into yeah. the last round. Yeah. Um, you know, you're the you're the statistician, you know, and the mathematician. You'll be able to work that out better than me. <laughs> but um, you know, as it stands at the minute, realistically, it looks to be like it always does—a uh, bit of a two horse race already. Um, you know, Jake, all he can do is continue doing what he's trying to do so far which has come out and win races um, you know there's not uh, there's not enough races left unfortunately if Leon finishes second in every race for, for Jake to win it yet but you know let's just say for argument's sake Leon gets a third at the first race at, um, at Athens and, and you know Jake's winning all of the races which is a tall order um, but if it happens then, then Jake becomes champion and the closer that reality gets to Jake the more pressure that puts Leon under and you know, nobody's going to be any um, any more experienced in, in that situation being put upon him than Leon. You know, look at last year, you know, he's not going to want to make that mistake. So I'm fairly sure we're going to see Leon Aslan go out, you know, obviously, which sounds like stating the obvious, but try to win at least a race at um, Assen, you know, if not both of them. He tries to win races every round, obviously. That's what Leon does, but uh, never has it been more important than it is right now.
0: What will Jake Dixon be feeling now then? Because you must remember what it was like when you first went into a final round or a final race with a chance of winning the championship. What would you be advising him to do? Or if you were his team manager, what would you be saying? It must be, well, I can't even imagine what it must feel like, especially for the first time.
1: Well, you know, I think that um, Jake is, is, uh, is a young kid. Um, you know, he's got his, his future secured. Um, he's in a good place you know, he's had to deal with a lot of stuff behind the scenes that, that people won't even realize or know about. And all of a sudden, you know, that stuff's gone. You know, his, his fiance is much better now. She's got the all clear, which I don't care who you are. is going to have an effect on your, on your riding. Yeah. He's security. He's, um, his job for next year is secure. Um, he's in a good place for that. So, Basically, he needs to sign off and, and, uh, you know, do the best job he can now and just enjoy riding his motorbike. And, you know, he showed at um, at Alton Park that when he does that, he can be, you know, very, very fast. Um, I don't think we're going to see Leon making the same mistake as he did in race two at at, um, Alton Park again, which was being a little bit too careful, a little bit too steady off the start, Um, you know. If if Jake's gonna get the whole shot, you can almost guarantee that Leon's gonna be second. But I think Leon'll be just sat there and watching a lot longer than um, you know than he got the chance to be in um, in Autumn Park. I I kind of envisage Leon now coming out all guns blazing, sitting on Jake's back wheel until the last couple of laps. You know, a big block pass into the final go to Michigan, chicane, and uh, certainly one race win, if not two, um, by doing that. However. You know, there's 30 other riders on the grid that all have ideas of winning races. You know, Aston always throw, throws up some variable weather. Um, so we've got to wait and see, you know, what, what's in front of us when we get there, you know, in a week or so's time.
0: Now, obviously, you've got to be in it to win it. But for those people who say if Leon Haslam wins the title this year, which is looking pretty likely, he's only won it because Shaky wasn't racing. What would you say to that?
1: Of course. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um no listen um you can only beat who's on the grid uh that that's reality um you know there'll be there'll be sort of fans of mine and and you know fans of the sport in general that will say that of course they will because you know it's difficult to sit here and, and be so blase but Perhaps you could argue that I've been the reference over the last sort of six or seven years. You know, I've never finished lower than second. And, you know, I was on back-to-back titles whilst Leon was here, uh, whilst, whilst racing Leon, you know. So, yeah. obviously, I'm wanting to make that three in a row and, you know, ultimately go on to make it four or, or however many more I decided to do. But, you know, as I said, Leon can't beat me if I'm not on the grid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ultimately the result sheet, if he wins it, will say that Leon Aslan's British Superbike champion and you know, nobody can take that away from him. I think the way he's rode this year, you know, in my in my absence, you know, he thoroughly deserves to be champion.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. And that's not you being arrogant, is it? That's the fact of the matter. You've been up there all those years. It's just stating fact.
1: Yeah, but it, it's kind of difficult. You know, that's the reason some riders have managers because it's much easier for somebody to talk about you than it is for you to yeah. talk about yourself. I'm not yeah. the sort of guy that's going to sit here and, and tell you how great I am and, you know, how I'm so much better than everybody else. What I am going to tell you is that, you know, I've not finished lower than second for <laughs> for six or seven years and, uh, you know, I'm only too aware of the situation the boys are in right now and, uh yeah it's uh it's a tough place to be i can assure you it's not it's not easy um leon has done an incredible job as i said in my absence and uh he couldn't have done no more if you could only beat was on the grid and you know you can't say that um mark Marquez wouldn't be much gp champion if if um you know Valentino was on the grid it's it's you know it, it is what it is he's beaten his ever in front of him and uh i think he thoroughly deserves to be champion if that's what he achieves this year
0: so, just very quickly before we go, looking ahead to this weekend, Asun, first of all, what sort of track is that like? How will that differ to riding on a British superbike to a world superbike? Obviously, you haven't got the electronics and so on. Is it more fun in a way on a BSB bike?
1: Well, honestly, it's a, it's a difficult question for me to answer because I've not ridden a world superbike there for, for quite a few years. Mm. Um, one thing I will say was in 2007, was it 17? I think it was either sixteen or seventeen. My qualifying time at Asson would have put me second only to tom Sykes on a on a qualifying tire, so you know um our performance and our speed round there is is good you know um the Ducati works very very well there um I really really want glenn owen to uh to to get a win in the drive before the season's out um I think for him mentally that would be you know, that'd be really, really nice. I think a lot of pressure has been put on him since, since I wasn't able to ride. And, you know, in some ways it's, some ways it's fair and some ways it's a bit unfair, but, you know, he could do with a, with a strong result. And, you know, no matter, no matter how you look at it, he's been like so, so close so many times that he just needs that tiny little bit of luck to roll his way. And then hopefully he can, uh, you know, he can finish off with a win. Um, you know, rumours are uh, he may not be in the team again next year, um, and he's going to go and try something different. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if he can if he can sign off with a win, as I said.
0: I'll have to ask you this now. You've mentioned rumours because this Scott Redding thing is still floating around, closely related to Paul Bird Motorsport. What do you make of that? Is there any truth in it at all? Is it a load of rubbish? Could it happen? Uh, if it did happen, what do you think of it?
1: Well, I think for the championship in general it'd be a it'd be a you know a great acquisition you know there's there's lots of talk of it being a you know a really really big money deal um I would question whether or not uh, i don't think there's any question in has got speed I don't think there's any question in his dedication i don't think there's any question in his preparation I don't think there's um I think the only thing I will say is the numbers that are being banded about, um, which obviously the, you know, the organisers and, uh, you know, Birdie and, and whatever sponsors are, are being brought in to, to make it happen are are quite big. And, you know, would... The only thing I'd question is will his motivation be as high when he rocks up at a damp knock hill even though he's getting a paycheck um, as it would be if he if he genuinely wanted to come, you know. Um, there was there was plenty said by Scott himself, wasn't there, at the beginning of the year or earlier in the year about yeah. how, you know, BSB is a, a great championship, but, you know, it's not safe enough. And, you know, will will X amount of thousands of pounds change his perception of that safety? I don't know. And if it does, is he coming for the right reasons? That, that's all I'd say. Um, the one thing I do feel a little bit bad from about is that, you know, Clearly, you'd have to say that maybe the bikes that he's been riding aren't the same as the bikes that Alicia's been riding um, because Scott's a fast rider, as I said before. Um, You know, to to have to make the step down to BSB is like jumping into – an arena where nobody is going to give him a single millimetre, let alone an inch. You know, at the end of the day, the guy's got and he's come from MotoGP and they're all going to want to prove a point by beating him. And as I said, his speed's unquestionable, but um, he's going to have to develop a new V4 Ducati and turn that into a, into a BSB race winning bike if he, if he does come and there will be more than, well, Everybody on the grid is going to want to try and beat him because of Yeah, areas. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, he, they... did, he, didn't, he didn't start in BSB. He didn't come through the British system. He came through the Spanish system. Um, you know, rattling around uh, Cabell Park or Alton Park with Armco Barrier, you know, quite close to the track. And, <laughs> you know, more than, more than, you know, pretty much everybody wanting to put a move on him is going to, you know, is going to seriously question his... Uh, you know his metal and his and his reasons for coming, but you know he's in a. I feel in a bit of a difficult situation because ultimately, if he comes back and and smokes the championship, then then great. But where does that put him then? You know, if he comes back and he doesn't win the championship, mm. then he's in a real bad place because he's 25 years old already, um, 26 years old, whatever he is. You know, where does he go from there?
0: Could you even say, you know, with that the risk of that happening, would it even? Would a year off be better, or is it better to keep racing no matter where you are? It's a tough
1: question, isn't it? Mm. Um, you know, if we knew the answer, we'd be, you uh, know, <laughs> we'd <be writer laughs> managers and, and everyone would be happy. But um, I don't know. I think that um, only Scott knows what he wants to do. Um, he's taking a big risk if he comes back to BSB, um, a big risk. Uh one that you know financially isn't gonna set him up for the rest of his life, that's for sure but um you know we'll we'll see him be probably the best the best paid ever rider in b s b um but like i said if if that's the reason you're coming back you know will you will you be pushing you know to the to the limit the first time you see a you know, a damp white line with some co-power on the outside of it—it's mm. uh, it's a tough call. I've got a lot of uh, a lot of time for Scott. I rate him as a rider. If he does come back, I, I wish him well. Um, but any any level of underestimation as to how tough that that uh, undertaking is going to be will be seen with. Uh, you know some some fairly harsh outcomes I would expect
0: and finally, Shaky, we've got world Superbikes this weekend at uh Magni corps. What do you make of magny corps, and I suppose I can't end the interview without asking you whether you feel Jonathan Ray is a charismatic character
1: well, according to R- Cavoyove he's not mm, <laughs> indeed um, which was which was a bit of a harsh um which was a bit of a harsh thing and I think anybody that knows Jonathan um knows how dedicated he is to the to the to the cause he he pursues um you know, he he's a three-time world champion and he's shortly about to become a four-time one back-to-back. Mm. You know, the guy's an absolute legend. I just think that at the moment, World Superbike itself is in a difficult place. And because of that, John is just not getting the recognition that, that he deserves. You know, yeah, yeah. had we been uh, had we been racing 10 or 15 years earlier on and Johnny had had these, these results, he'd be hailed one of the greatest ever riders of all time. Um, unfortunately, World Superbike's popularity, I mean, it means that you know, he's deemed to be a boring guy that's just winning week in, week out. But, you know, people used to say the same about McDoan, but, you know, he's now got multi-millions of pounds in the bank and uh, lives a (laughs) lovely life in Australia running a a private jet company. And whilst Jonathan's not going to make that kind of money, you know, he'll certainly... uh, The only time he needs to smile is when he looks at his bank balance and he's doing a great job. You you can see what people mean, though.
0: Sorry, Shaky, I was just going to say, you can see what people mean, though, can't you? Because if... I can understand that Jonathan doesn't feel he's getting the recognition he deserves. I can also understand that people get fed up when one guy is appearing to dominate. However, if Mark Marquez wins the first 10 races of a season as he did in 2014, it's fantastic. If Jonathan did that, he seems to get criticised. So uh, that doesn't feel 100% fair, does it, to be fair to the guy?
1: No, it doesn't. And, and he's doing a great job. Oh, do you know what I wish, honestly, um, for Jonathan? I wish that he would have got the, the MotoGP opportunity he wanted mm. for next year. Um, because with some time, I think he could have been, um, you know, could have been really, really fast and really, really competitive. Um, you know, yeah. you've only got to look at Cal Crutchlow. Um, he's won a few GPs now, and it's only through hard work and dedication. It's not because he's the most talented guy out there. You know, if you put the two alongside each other, would you consider Cal much more talented than uh, than Jonathan? Because I certainly wouldn't. I've beaten Cal to you know, pretty much every championship we've raced each other in. And, and, you know, certainly feel that, you know, back then, you know, Jonathan would have been perhaps a a faster, you know, a faster guy. But um, Jonathan, yeah, he's uh, he's in a difficult place because at the moment, no matter what he does, it's because it's the Kawasaki that he's riding. And, you know, for that, I, I feel... I feel sorry for him, but like I said, you know, Jonathan O'Neill, his his, uh, you know, his, his bank balance, not his, not his character, to realise that he's doing the right thing, and you know, he's a very intelligent guy, looked after by an even more intelligent guy, and uh, yeah, they're doing a great job. I, I think next year World Superbike will be far more, far more interesting. You know, Ducati are putting a lot of effort into the new V4. Um, that's going to be a good bike. Chaz is on that bike and hopefully that will see him a step closer to, you know, to Jonathan and, and to Leon. Um, you know, BMW are bringing out a new bike. Who's going to run that? We're not 100% sure of yet, but, um, you know, you can rest assured they're not going to want to, uh, just turn up and, you know, just, just make up the numbers. So yeah, there's lots of things to be excited about. Um, I think Gregorio's, you know, <laughs> Gregorio's, uh, view of Jonathan was perhaps a little bit unfair and, you know, maybe if it was me, I'd be looking at ways to make the championship more exciting rather than, you know, sort of deeming mm. the riders to be yeah. unexciting. But that's not me. That's not my job. And I just have a lot of fun talking about it with you.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it was perhaps perhaps a little, a little bit lost in translation. But even so, he, he said what he said and it was a bit surprising, wasn't it? Uh, very last <laughs> thing, Shaky, what do you make of Magnicor? I actually really like commentating on Magnicor. Some people think it's boring. I think it always brings up fun and interesting races.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, a, it's it's very similar to Assen in some ways, isn't it? You never yeah, know when you're going to yeah, get weather wise. True. Um, you know, there, there's plenty of people that enjoy racing there in the dry. It produces some good racing, some good opportunities for for overtaking. Um, I'm looking forward to watching the race. I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a good um, a good race. It's going to be hopefully two closer races. Um, you know. See plenty of guys in the mix. You know, you've got, uh, got Loris Baz on the BMW at home for the first time in a while. You know, he's going to want to do a good job. And, you know, he's there or thereabouts isn't he? And, uh, in qualifying, especially, you know, we always see him on the screen sort of latched onto the back of somebody really, really fast and kind of hanging in there and doing a yeah, good job. So, smart, yeah, you know, he'll be inspired by the fact he's racing at home. Um, you know, Chaz is only going to be a little bit stronger. Marco needs a job for next year, so he's going to be pushing. Um Got like to see Tom Sykes do a little bit better than he did at uh, Mayo that's for sure. And the track certainly, you know, would 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 lend itself to Tom's kind of riding style a bit better. So yeah, hopefully we'll have a, we'll have a closer battle and uh, see see how things go.
0: Yeah, roll on the weekend. And thanks very much to you, Shaky.
1: No worries. I'm going to go and put my kids to bed now. You've just robbed me of some vital uh, <laughs> oh dear. time. So uh, sorry. I'm going to
0: leave you in peace and <laughs> crack on. Thanks very much, mate. I'll speak to you soon. So thank you very much indeed, Shaky, and apologies there for stopping you from putting the kids to bed at a decent time. I wonder what you'll all be listening to next week as the kids go to bed on Monday night. Perhaps... Perhaps it might be the Full Throttle Bikes podcast from Eurosport because we'll be back with another one with all of the world superbike reaction. I'd say very likely celebrating a title or two from Magni Cor. We'll be there with Freddie Spencer, reaction from the riders as well. And of course, Assen BSB. We won't have a title one there, but Leon Haslam could be a heck of a lot closer. Who knows what's going to happen with the weather, of course, in Holland and in France. You never quite know. But we'll be back with the Eurosport podcast next week.